0: Well, I have been excited about this new series that we're going to get kicked off today. We have 14 churches around the country who are going to be on this journey with us. Now, that's exciting, isn't it? That uh, across the the states, uh, we've got some people who are going to be focusing on the same thing. So you are not alone in this journey. It's going to be tough for some of us. It's going to be a challenge, uh, myself included. Uh, This is always a tough subject to jump into. But we're going to begin this series today. It's called From This Day Forward. And I love that title because it reminds us that every day is a new opportunity to move in a new direction. And some of us need to be reminded of that that we're not at the end, but that today we can be at the beginning of something new. And I believe that for you, I believe it for me, and uh, I want to talk about this in a a few different ways, but specifically I want to talk about marriage, about some parenting, and some dating. And so wherever you are in life, and and even if you're not dating, for those who want to date one, one day in the future, this could be helpful to you. I think it's applicable to all of us as we begin to apply it. Um uh, here's, here's the, the foundation and, and the, the, the background for this series. So years ago, a few years ago, I sat down with some therapists and some counselors and some other pastors around a table. And we asked the question to the therapist who spent a lot of time with, with individuals and couples. Um, what are the biggest challenges that when you see couples come in, what are the biggest challenges you see them facing in their marriage? And when they, when they come to you and, the, and they're kind of at the end of their rope, are, are there some things that we could do on the front end rather than on the back end of marriage issues? And so we, we pulled together all these resources from churches around the country, from therapists and counselors from around the country, and uh, we began to piece some things together. And uh, that is kind of the background of where we're going to go over the next few weeks. Cool? Are you with me? All right. So marriage is an interesting thing, is it not? Marriage is an interesting thing Um, and marriage oftentimes I want there's this slow-mo video and I feel like this like represents marriage and so here here's a look at, at marriage and it always begins with the best intentions doesn't it so we have these ideas that marriage is gonna be this beautiful picture and it's just gorgeous and it's all perfect and slowly, over time, as time erodes at the foundation that we thought we had, <laughs> things happen, and the people that we think are our closest friends bail on us. <laughs> you know, the, you're, you're, you're made of honor, your best man, you think they're in it. With you going down, they like, watch the one on the end, the one on the far right. She's out. <laughs> she cares not for her friend. She is staying dry. Now, isn't this a great metaphor for marriage? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like we walk into it, or dating even. Dating, like we have these ideas and we meet, we meet the one. He, she just makes my heart happy. Like she's the one. Like nothing, like I love how laid back she is. How she just seems to go with the flow. I mean, forget the idea that five years into marriage, her laid-backness is going to drive me crazy. But I just love that she's perfect. And he, this, he, is, he takes control. He, he chooses where we go on our dates for dinner. And I love that about him. And nothing is wrong with this guy. He completes me. He completes me. <laughs> Ten years later, I can't stand how he's the one who always makes the decision. He tells me how we spend our money. The things that we love eventually begin to erode, and everything falls apart. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Marriage is an interesting thing. Dating is an interesting thing. Parenthood is an interesting thing. When we see people with those babies, and they're so cute and cuddly, and we think, oh, when I have a baby, everything is going to be so beautiful and quiet in my life, that baby is so silent. And then we cannot get that baby to quit crying. Will you quit crying? And then we're crying because the baby, everything changes. Now, from this day forward, making new commitments to begin a new direction in life. So wherever you've been in the past, in marriage and dating and parenthood, would you be open to some maybe foundational ideas and principles that are found in scripture To move us in a healthier direction? Would you be open to that in your life if God might nudge you in certain directions? Now, I know when we walk into a series like this, we have all different kinds of things going on. And uh, there's some who this is a depressing moment that you know that this is what we're talking about. You're wondering if I can get up and go like I'm going to the restroom and just not come back in. I'm wondering if anybody will notice that's what I'm about to do because there's some really big challenges when we want to talk about parenting and and, and marriage and, and dating, and some of you will be um, you'll be tempted in the next few minutes to use your elbow on the person sitting next to you, and, and others of you won't like that. Like you don't want to be nudged when something is said, um, and and so I'm going to ask you to withhold that. Now, there's in the Old Testament uh, there's this this book called Lamentations, and it's very depressing. And it's Jeremiah lamenting on some things. He's, he's like crying out to God. And, and, he, and he says this, and some of you might be at this place in your life right now. You might be at this place in your marriage, in your parenting, in, in your dating. You might be at this place. He says, I remember my affliction. Isn't this a great way to start a marriage series? I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. And I well remember them, and my soul is downcast. Now, some of you might feel that way this morning. Like, you're just coasting through marriage, you're just coasting through parenting. Some of you might feel like you're wandering, looking for a date. Like, will there ever be one out there for me? And you're in this kind of sad moment, afflictions and wandering. But Jeremiah reminds us, yet this I call to mind. Like, I I don't want to forget this, that great is the Lord's faithfulness. Like even in all of these challenges and struggles in life, great is the Lord's faithfulness. And catch this, his mercies are new every day. Now somebody can say amen because that's a good thing. His mercies, God's mercies are new every day. And no matter the mistakes you've made in your past, no matter what a mess you've made, no matter how much of a failure you think you are as a parent, God's mercies are new every day and he promises us that when we repent, which means when we turn back to him, when we come back to him, he welcomes us with open arms and puts us on a new path. Isn't that good news? Like that's what that's what the gospel is all about, that when we make a mess of our lives and you can include our lives, our marriages, our work, our parents, whatever you want to include, that the, the good news is that God, when we return to him, is willing to put us in a new direction that is healthy And good in life. And I want us to keep that in mind through this whole series. From this day forward, God's mercies are new every single day. So as we go through the series and there's little pieces that jump up, and and you're you're convicted by those and it's a challenge and you fail again, because we all will, that God's mercies are new every day. And some of you are like, well, I hope my husband's will be as well. Mercies are new every single day. And we can do this together, can't we, church? You ready? Okay, first big piece. And this, I, I heard this years ago, and I think this is so important for marriage and, and for life in general. So if you're like, I'm tuning out on the whole marriage thing, that's fine. Don't miss this for life. It's your direction, not your intention, that will determine your destination. Isn't that a great phrase? Because all of us have great intentions in life. I don't know anyone who goes into marriage and, and, and has the worst of intentions. Like, I, I am going to make my wife hate me one day. Like, I, I'm going to drive her crazy. She's going to want to leave me within 10 years. Like, nobody goes into marriage with bad intentions. All of us have great intentions, but intentions aren't what lead us to the right place, right? Direction, the direction of our lives leads us in the right place. And our direction in marriage, our direction in parenting, in dating, those are the things that move us into the right place, now, the challenge when days begin to turn into weeks, that turn into months, that turn into years, is that what is right in front of us, the urgent, I would call it, begins to outweigh what's most important. The urgent of our lives way too often begins to outweigh what we know is most important for our lives. And so when we set out with great intentions and directions, when we're moving in healthy directions, when we begin our marriage or our parenting, all of a sudden all of these things come crashing around us and what's urgent, what's right in front of us begins to outweigh what we know is most important. Now come on, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Like what is urgent, like I have to get this done, becomes more important than than the things that are the greatest priorities in life. Now, again, if you're out on the whole relationship thing and you want to talk about this in terms of work and management, this is a great principle in management, isn't it? That so often we're ruled by what's right in front of us, the phone call, the email, and we forget what's most important for our jobs, for our vocation, for our customers, but it happens every single day in our marriage as well. We forget what's most important. We begin to put it on the back burner. Uh, two things, uh, Robin and I, here's the other thing about a series like this is I, I well, uh I, I get the idea, I, I get the, the thought that sometimes I, I'll talk and people will think, oh, well, you must have a perfect marriage because you're a pastor and you're close to God and all of that. I do not have a perfect marriage. Like we struggle in many ways, just like many, many of you do. Like our parenting styles are, let me give you a quick example. When we first got married and we stood across the aisle from each other, um, we looked at each other, we held each other's hands, we repeated vows. I thought to myself, there is no way I could ever love this girl more than I love her right now. Like she's perfect. She's beautiful she can sing. I mean, this, this woman that God has given me, like, I don't know how I tricked her into marrying me, but I did, and this, like, I'll never love her any more than I do right now. And I thought she was perfect. Everything that she did, you know, all that. Well, our first year was the, the roughest year of our marriage. I mean, it was the most difficult year of our marriage, and part of it was because you take these two styles of living life and you try to merge them together. Robin grew up in a home where her parents were awesome, and they took care of her, and they surrounded her with love, and, and Robin would often, when she, this is such a simple thing, but she, in the kitchen, she would open up the cabinet and take a glass and go get some water or juice or Coke or whatever, and, and then she would leave the kitchen, and her mom or her dad would come behind her, and she, they would close the cabinet, and <laughs> they would go on. No big deal. I remember like a few weeks into our marriage, walking into our kitchen and like every cabinet was wide open and, and, you know, for me, I was brought up in a home where my my mom and dad expected certain things of us and if we left the room and something wasn't put away, they would call us back into the room and say, hey, you know, you need to close the drawer after. So, I thought it was my responsibility to call Robin back into the kitchen. And have her clothes, so she would learn. <laughs> we spent a lot of money on therapy, and <laughs> we do not have a perfect marriage, obviously, because I'm in it. Um, we we struggle with things that are seem so crazy and ridiculous, like how can you get mad at? Like, she goes to bed, and I'm already in bed, and, and the light's not off, and she didn't turn it off, and like, so is she going to get back up? Do I have to get out of bed to turn on? I mean, we struggled. we've struggled with, for years with things like that, and it sounds so silly, but isn't that what marriage is made up of? All of those little things where you're trying to merge together, and so what I hope we can do is I hope we can get this fresh picture, this new direction. And, and the thing when we sat around with those therapists, the counselors, the pastors, all these different, the thing that rose to the, to the surface, if I asked you the question, what's the greatest challenge in marriage? What, what might you say? Money. Yeah, that's always the number one. Everybody says money, but it's, it's not actually, the money is just a symptom. I mean, it's just the outward expression of something much deeper, and the much deeper piece is that Men and women oftentimes are on different, they're, they're actually in different books, not even on different pages. They're in different books. And, and so they're not on the same page, which creates issues with money and parenting and other things. And so if we can get back to a foundational understanding to be on the same page that we'd be moving and seeking the same things in marriage, it might move us in a good direction. So here's the, the first principle uh, is born out of this, this simple passage of Scripture, and Jesus is talking, and he's talking about some other things. He's talking about how how money becomes uh, a, a big part of our lives, and how so we, we we end up turning our mind toward money and stuff. And then we worry when we worry about money, we begin to worry about what we're wearing, the clothes that we we have on our bodies, and then the food that we're going to eat, and what what is it you know that we're going to get next. And I think the same thing is true true for marriage. We begin, our mind goes in certain directions. And Jesus, he says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else. And I'm going to come back and explain a couple of these pieces that that sound kind of religious for for some who, who might not know some definitions here. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and God will provide everything you need. Now, some of you have probably heard this passage before. It's found in in Matthew. It's one of Jesus' famous teachings, Matthew chapter 6. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Now, I think we all know the definition of the word seek. Do you know what it means to seek? Like if I were to ask you, you know, uh, to find the, the best pizza in Phoenix, you would know how to go about seeking out the best pizza in Phoenix, wouldn't you? What would you do? You would go to Oregano's, or you would go to Spinato's, and then you would be done. Once you go to Spinato's, you're done. Uh, you would go, and you would begin to try different pizza places because you know what it means to seek. If you lost your keys today, and you needed your keys tomorrow for work, you would know how to seek after those keys, right? You would, you would begin to tear your house apart. You would think in your mind. You'd go back. So we know what it means to seek. Now, when Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God, that's where a lot of us get lost. Like What does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, this concept, uh, could be summed up like this, the ways of God, like the ways and the rule of God. So the ways that God wants the world to operate, ruled by grace and love and mercy and peace and hope, like seek after those ways, that kind of kingdom, that kind of way of doing life. One filled with hope and peace and grace and forgiveness and love. Like, seek that above all else. Like, let that be uh, your, your north star. Let that become your foundation, the page that everyone is on. And then, live righteously. That word righteously, we, we tend to make it super religious, but it, what it means is to do the right thing. Like, just do the right thing. Most of us know the right thing to do, and, and, and what Jesus is saying is, like, seek the ways of God and then do the right thing. Do what God puts right in front of you, and then he'll give you everything you need. Like, God will take care of the rest. If you begin to put him as the priority and, and, you, and you move towards him, if you seek him in all things and his ways, then God will add the other things to your life as well. And for many of us we 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 turn the focus from God and his kingdom onto other people expecting other things or other people to fill what only God can fill. And here's what I believe is wrong in many of our marriages. One of the greatest challenges is we're expecting our spouse to fulfill something in us that only God can fulfill. Like we want our spouse to be something that God never intended our spouse to be. And we we're, we're trying we want them to be perfect and to do something in us that they can't do. And that, that creates the biggest challenge. We're seeking in our spouse something that we should be seeking in God. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Yeah, and some of us watch way too many movies and, we, and we, we really do think, she completes me. He complete. no, no, they do not complete you. And they never will. If you're dating somebody, don't look for someone who will complete you. There's only one who will complete you and it's God. And it's okay if you seek him. And if you start seeking him now, then when you find, you know, that, that number two in your life, that man or that woman, that number two, then it will be a much smoother process of living together and merging together because you've got your number one, and that's God. Does that make sense? Are you still with me? Okay. So don't expect your spouse to complete something in you that only God can complete. Get on the same page, and here's the same page. Here's how I want to put it. This is how it is in the journal as well. It's keep Christ central. Keep Christ central in your marriage. And if that seems like it's a little obscure, you don't know what that means, seek God together. Like, put that as as your, your foundational principle. The number one principle for us as we begin this series of from this day forward, from this day forward, we will keep Christ central or we will seek God together. We're going to get on the same page on that foundational issue. Now, some of you might say, but my spouse doesn't believe in God. But I'm not sure my spouse is on the same page spiritually with me, and, which I totally understand. I, I get that, and I know that that's a challenge. If you are one of those spouses, and you don't believe in God, and you're only here because your spouse makes you come, I am so glad that you're here. I really am. Like, this is a great place for you. And what I would encourage you as a spouse of someone who is seeking God I would encourage you, one of the best ways you can love your spouse is to, to walk with them in that journey of seeking God. Whether or not you believe it to be true, to, to, to humble yourself enough to say, you know what, I know that this is really important to you. And just like there's some really important things in my life that, that you'll probably need to do to, to walk with me, I'm going to journey with you to seek God with you, even though I don't really know what that means or looks like. Does that make sense? Like all of us in marriage, for any marriage to work, we have to do some things that we might not want to do. Or know how to do in order to make a marriage work. Like, I didn't know at the time that I could just close the cabinet doors for my wife. I didn't know that that was possible. I didn't know that it, like, who should do that? And I learned over time, a lot of money with therapists, I learned that I could simply, from time to time, just close that and and let it be. You know, like, I don't need to make a lesson out of every moment. And also, she doesn't have to close the cabinets if she doesn't want to. She's a grown woman. It's her house just as much as it is mine, right? So we've, we've learned, we've come together, and sometimes it means to seek some things together that you may not know how or what that looks like in your life. Uh, this passage in Psalm, uh, David writing, he says this, that in his pride, the wicked man does not seek God. There's like no room for God in their mind. And I'd say, make, just make a little bit of space. If you'll just like crack the door open a little bit, make a little bit of space there and see what might come about um, in your life. So two things, two simple things. Now, sometimes marriages need huge uh, undertakings and huge directional turns and changes, but sometimes it's like simple little things that can change your marriage, your parenting you're dating, right? So um, there's two simple things I want to encourage you to do today. And I'm going to challenge you in this first one to do it every single day this week. And when I put this up here, it's going to scare some of you to death. Now, in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about having fun together. Guys, don't miss that week. Like two weeks, I'm going to encourage you to do some other things. That's all I'll say about that right now. <laughs> this one, you might be like, "Ooh, I don't know about that. But I'm coming back when we're talking about having fun together and the Song of Solomon and the crazy stuff that happens there. You'll want to come back for that one. Anyway, back to today. Okay, two things, and I'm going to challenge you this first one every single day this week to see if you can't do this. And I know it's going to scare you. Like, I'm not going to put it up on the screen yet because it's going to scare you. You ready? Are we all ready? Here it is. Pray together. Some of you are like, seriously? That's it? Pray together. Pray, yes, pray together. Write it down. Go ahead and write it down. Like, pray together. You're like, I don't need to write that down. Write it down anyway. Like, pray together. One thing, if, if you take one thing away that might change the direction of your marriage, here it is, if you'll simply pray together, it will begin a journey of you on the same page in a way maybe that you've never been on. Now, I realize this is not easy. Robin and I, I'm, I'm a pastor. Like, I'm a I'm a professional. Robin and I have struggled with this for years. Because when you pray together, like you're revealing some things. It's, it's an intimate thing when you, when you open yourself up in this way. And it feels strange and we're uncomfortable. For some reason, we're uncomfortable praying out loud with other people. And so I've got some tools. I've got some things to help you. But, but would you commit to pray? You don't have to raise your hand right now. To pray together every day during this week and just see what happens in that. Now, here's why I'm asking you uh, to do that. Uh, there was a study done in the early 2000s and this study from family life said this that less than 8% of married couples that identify as christians less than 8% regularly pray together now there's some issues with that in itself that less than 8% pray together who claim to be christians like we should be doing that more just on a regular basis maybe not every day but we should be doing it we should be doing it more of those that do catch this less than 1% in the length of time that they did the study less than 1% divorced Now, if you knew, like if you knew today that you had a 50-50 chance, like if you ate French fries, but eating French fries, there was a 50-50 chance that they would kill you in the next three years, would you be able to stop eating French fries? Some of you are like, no, no. (laughs) I, I couldn't do that. I think if, if, if we were confronted with the, this reality, this harsh reality, that if I eat broccoli one more time, it may kill me. I think we could put broccoli aside and, and never again eat it. Like, I think if we were really confronted with death, then, then we would be able to adjust some things in our life to work around it. Listen, if, if you knew that, that, that prayer was one thing that could possibly give you a better chance at life in your marriage. Why would we not try that? Like, why not? Like, embrace it and figure out, I know it's uncomfortable, I know it's a challenge. Listen, I love french fries. I want to eat french fries every day, but I know it's a challenge. Let's, let's, let's embrace the things that might give us a better marriage in life so that we can move in a similar direction. So some of you say, how can we begin that today? Like, if we've never prayed together, like maybe we pray for a meal um, thank you, God, for this food, whatever prayer you do, amen, if you do that ever, like, but you've never really prayed together as spouses, and you have in your mind this, like, long, um, if, you've, if you've ever seen, like, Meet the Fockers, like, that kind of a long prayer, and it's really uncomfortable, and, um, like, what's, like, how can we pray together? That's one of the reasons that we're, we're producing these, is to give you really simple tools. And every single day in this journal, there's this, um, uh, this prayer, It's at the bottom of every single page. And if you don't, like, know, you don't think, I don't know how to pray with my spouse, just use this prayer and go back and forth praying it. Like, in my uh, marriage, I'm going to pray this one tomorrow, Monday, the the 10th, and then the next day, Robin can pray this one. Like, we just go back and forth and and share that. But it's written. The prayer is actually written for you. So just, Father, help me to realize I've not reached perfection. That's a good prayer for me. Set a vision before me. Give me the strength to forget the past, to forgive where I've been wrong, to seek forgiveness where I've hurt others. I want to press on to reach what you've called me to. Thank you for your grace and your love. Amen. I mean, it's a simple prayer. It's written for you. Like, if you'll begin to pray together, it might change some directions. Now, some of you are like, I'm not married, I have kids, I'm a parent, how can I apply this? Same exact thing. What would it look like if every single day with your kids to begin to put into them, to build into them, to, to, to help take roots in their hearts and their minds, what if you sat down and prayed with your kids every single night? Some of you are like, that's crazy. You don't know my family and what my home looks like at night. You can do it. Like, you, you can do it. You can call your kids together. You can sit down on the couch for two minutes. You can, you can pray together. And it might give you a new runway in your family life. Listen, I grew up, um, many of you know this, I grew up in a home that was a battlefield almost every single day. My parents uh, had so much baggage from their past. They did not know how to get along. And because of that, our family was just a battlefield that fights every single night. And I grew up thinking that was normal. And what I've learned is that does not need to be normal for any of us. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because some of our homes become battlefields from time to time. And maybe prayer would be that thing that begins to get us back on a similar page. And some of you are like, well, that will create the battlefield in and of itself. That's a battle worth fighting right there. Like praying together, that's a battle worth fighting, even if it's at at mealtime. So pray together. Um, And then the second thing is to talk about your spiritual journey together. Now, if, if, if you're, like, setting all this aside, that first one, pray together, I'd take that one thing with you today, that just that one thing. If you want extra credit, the gold star, a smiley face on your chart this week from God, here's the second piece. I, I'm just kidding about that. God doesn't have those kind of charts. His mercies are new every day. Um, talk about your spiritual journey together with, with your spouse. Now, some of you are like, I don't know what that looks like either. Well, every day in this journal, there's some chair time. And that's for you to do by yourself individually. If nothing else, just talk about that one verse. There's a verse at the top of every single day. Just talk about that one verse. Just say, hey, I read this today. Um, Paul wrote, I don't, I don't mean to say that I've already reached these things, I've achieved them, uh, but I press on. I haven't achieved it, but I focus on forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. That's a great thing to talk about in, in, your, in your marriage or in your parenting, right, right there, so maybe it's that. Maybe it's the verse of the day on, you, uh, on, on the Bible app, YouVersion. Uh, we've, we've talked about that in the past. Uh, use the journal. I mean, this is a, this is a help. If, you, if you're a member of McDowell, if this is your church home, it's only 5 bucks. And if the money's the issue, just pick one up, put it on my tab, whatever. Just take one with you. We want you to have one of these. If you're new today, this is free. We want everyone to have one. So if, you, if, you, if you're married, one for the husband, one for the take it, all right? Um, and use it, because we think it can be helpful. One last thing, and then we'll wrap it up. Are you ready? One last thing. Um, We are going to experiment with something in the next couple months called marriage mentoring, and we have some incredible couples in this church who have been married for 15 years or longer, and we've asked some of them, would you be willing to just have dinner three times over the next few months, Uh, with a younger couple and just have some conversations. It's not therapy. It's not counseling. It's nothing like that. It's simply conversations to begin a journey together. Some of you are like, I would never want to be a mentor like that. But some of you would embrace that role, and you would be awesome at it. We have like 10 or 15 of them. If you've been married less than 10 years, and you just want someone who's been there and done that, someone who's just ahead of you on the journey, then you can, you can sign up today, and the first 10 or 15, and then we're out. So you guys came to the first service, you get the gold star today. Um, you get first dibs, mcdowell.church slash marriage, and you can sign up today, and we'll connect you with someone. And here's, this is, seriously, this is the commitment level, super simple, that you will have dinner with your mentor couple three times before Christmas. Come on, we can all do that, and you're eating dinner together, which is awesome, and if they're awesome mentors, they'll even pay for your dinner. (laughs) And some of you might be uh, couples in that 15-plus range, and you haven't been asked yet, and you think, hey, I could do that to help someone out. I could do that. Um, Write us a note. We'd love to have you so that more couples could connect and maybe begin a little journey together if you've been married more than 15 years. Okay. Okay. From this day forward, is there anything from today, anything from Scripture, from Jesus' word to seek God's kingdom first, is there anything that you could maybe adjust from this day forward for a healthier future, for a better marriage, for a, for a, a happier and joy, more joyful home? Is there anything you could do differently to begin seeking God first, to keeping Christ central in your marriage? I know it sounds simple, but it's difficult to incorporate it into our daily lives, isn't it? I mean, for all of us, it's just difficult to stay on that same page. We're praying for you. Uh, we're, we're in this journey together. Over the next few weeks, we're excited about it, and we think God's going to do some things in our lives. I think some, God's going to do some things in your marriages. Those of you who are looking for marriages, maybe we'll get you connected with somebody else who's looking for a marriage. And uh, we, we, believe, we believe that God, his, we, we believe his, he's faithful. And we really believe that his mercies are new every single day. If you'll commit to it, we believe there's possibility for something new in your life and in your marriage. Aren't you thankful for that? Isn't that good? So would you stand with me? And I just want to say a prayer over you, and uh, and then you can go grab a journal. So Father God, I thank you for this community of people who have gathered in this place maybe to... to, um, to turn their hearts and their minds towards you. We want to do that. We want to get a sight of who you are. But God, I pray that as we open your word, a simple passage that, that Jesus speaks, to, to seek your kingdom above all else, to do the right thing. God, I pray that we would learn to do that in our marriages, in our homes, with our kids, in our dating relationships. We, we pray that we'd keep you first and primary in all things. And we pray that by doing that, we would, we would find a new kind of joy a new level of happiness that maybe we haven't experienced in a long time. God, give us grace. Give us mercy every single day in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.